Hi, everyone, and welcome to Seven Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school, I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology, but the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've known for a very long time. We went to Catholic University together. We did retreats and music ministry together. We were even neighbors post-college for a short period of time. He's a speaker, a blogger, a Catholic media content creator. He's the host of Pop Culture Catechism, which is a podcast that you should check out. He's a musician, a worship leader, a husband, a father, and a really great friend. It's Mike Tenney. Hello, Mike. Hey, hi. <laughs> I'm so glad to, to be on here I've, ever since you, you started this cool little podcast i won't call it little but um podcast it's a little podcast it's a little podcast (laughs) it's been keeping me busy during quarantine (laughs) Uh uh-huh uh-huh you were you were doing catholic bible podcasts before they were cool yes thank you Mm -hmm. thank you for saying it Mm -hmm. saying louder for the people in the back but my mom my mom's really the only one listening (laughs) (laughs) hi miss hi mrs struckley yeah Yeah. she knows have you met my mom before this is i think i've i think i've met your your parents once and i know your dad's a musician you would always talk about him yeah yeah so hi mom um mike why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself i said a lot there but why don't you tell a little more about yourself for us yeah so i'm local to maryland montgomery county uh kind of grew up in the faith, but really came into my faith and started, you know, loving Jesus and, or trying to love Jesus in a serious way in high school and, um, got more into my youth group and through my Catholic school and started playing music and, uh, went to Catholic university and got even more into my faith. Then I, I majored in English and secondary ed, did Capuchin volunteer corps for a year and really caught the ministry bug there. Came back to Maryland. I was in New York, came back to Maryland and did started teaching Catholic high school. I did that for 14 years and, uh, was trying to make it as a, a rock musician with, uh, some of our, uh, our <laughs> mutual friends. And, uh, you know, we, we played around for a few years and got fairly, we're fairly successful in the Washington DC area. And just the Lord kind of led me in a different way towards doing more ministry and speaking. And then with COVID and everything, um, I, r- I really decided uh, to step back from teaching and spend more time with my kids. I have two young kids now and doing more ministry online, started pop culture catechism and writing and blogging and all that sort of thing. So the Lord's been leading me in new directions recently and it's, it's scary and wonderful and exciting and terrifying all at the same time. So, Oh my gosh, you've done so much. I felt like I listed so many things, but I could have listed way more. I forgot that you've done the <laughs> year. We both did a year of volunteer work after college and similar kind of ministry, like doing retreats mm-hmm. and stuff. Yep. And then, yeah, they're all your, um, with the understudies, I mean, I was mm-hmm. there for a lot of that. I was always you in the were there row. for a lot of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. We've been we've been busy. We've done good things, but like you said, God keeps calling us in new ways, and especially during quarantine and COVID, mm-hmm. staying busy. Yep. Well, thank you for so much for doing this. I'm gonna have you in a second read the scripture you've picked for us. Mm-hmm. You picked Sirach chapter two, and I'm excited yep. um, to talk about it with you. So, whenever you're ready, mm-hmm. which translation are you going to be using today? So I am using New American Bible, but not New American Bible Revised Edition, so okay. not the Nabre. A few years ago, they did a, a re, uh, as you may know, they they did a, a retranslation of the Old Testament in the New American Bible, and that's what they call the Nabre, N-A-B-R-E. And my Bible that I have that like, I bought as part of my freshman year in a Catholic high school religion <laughs> course, and it has always been my Bible and has all my notes in it. Like I was reading the the current translation from the Nabre online, the, like the bishop's site, and I just mm-hmm. didn't like the translation as much. I was like, I'm going to use my old school <laughs> NAB. You do you. We do whatever translation works around here. So whenever you are ready, we'll, we'll do it. 
All right, so this is Sirach chapter 2, and it says, My son, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. Be sincere of heart and steadfast, undisturbed in time of adversity. Cling to him, forsake him not. Thus will your future be great, except whatever befalls you. In crushing misfortune, be patient. For in fire gold is tested, and worthy men in the crucible of humiliation. Trust God and he will help you. Make straight your ways and hope in him. You who fear the Lord, wait for his mercy. Turn not away lest you fall. You who fear the Lord, trust him, and your reward will not be lost. You who fear the Lord, hope for good things, for lasting joy and mercy. Study the generations long past and understand. Has anyone hoped in the Lord and been disappointed? Has anyone persevered in his fear and been forsaken? Has anyone called upon him and been rebuffed? Compassionate and merciful is the Lord. He forgives sins. He saves in time of trouble. Woe to craven hearts and drooping hands, to the sinner who treads a double path. Woe to the faint of heart who trusts not, who therefore will have no shelter. Woe to you who have lost hope. What will you do at the visitation of the Lord? Those who fear the Lord disobey not his words. Those who love him keep his ways. Those who fear the Lord seek to please him. Those who love him are filled with his law. Those who fear the Lord prepare their hearts and humble their so- themselves before him. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord and not into the hands of men, for equal to his majesty is the mercy that he shows. It's such a beautiful passage, and I can't it's wait. It's so good. It's so good. There's so much there. So I'm just going to give a little bit of background about Sirach. It's also known as the book of the wisdom of Ben Sirach. And actually, a mutual friend of ours for season one, Father Andy Davey, and I talked a little bit about a passage from chapter three. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to that episode early this week, and yeah. I was like, oh, you should He's already done Sirach once, so that's good. Yeah. No, no, no. But like, I mean, leave it to my Catholic U friends, so I'm excited. But it's a book that was written between 200 and 175 BC. Ben Sirah's grandson translated into Greek, and it's known in some Bibles, as I mentioned, as the wisdom of Ben Sirah. And it's a three-part structure to the book. And like many of the Old Testament wisdom books, there's some poetry and instructions intended to build up the faith community. And you've chosen from this first part um, that's meant to give some instructions. And this passage comes from a section called Duties Toward God. And the author in this chapter is saying that serving God is not without its challenges, but its followers or his followers must do so with patience and trust and sincerity. And there's just some beautiful, There's, I mean, there's so much here. I, I texted you today because I was like rereading it and thinking, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I totally need to hear some of this today because it's so hopeful and lovely. So why did you pick this passage, Mike? So this passage has uh, a story in in my own story. I was when I was at Catholic U and trying to develop a prayer life and just kind of learning how to how to pray outside of just the, like the memorized prayers and uh, you know trying to make it a discipline in my life and really develop that relationship with God and how to how to listen to Him. I I cracked open the scriptures. I just figured that was a good way to to get into it and. Um, I was friends in high school with uh, a lot of Protestants. I would go to a pro- my my best friends uh, were were Protestant evangelicals, and they uh, they had a Bible study on Friday nights, and I would go, and that's where I learned praise and worship music. And so they really got me into the Bible. And so at Catholic, U, I was I was reading through the Bible, and this passage, I don't know where I came across it, but it was a time when I was really going through a hard time. I had uh, been seriously dating a girl who you know was was one of our friends, and we were pretty serious. But I was also feeling called to the priesthood at the time. And I just felt like the Lord was calling me to take a break from that relationship and, and really discern him in a, in a more kind of intentional, hardcore way. And I remember beginning of my junior year, just feeling like 
just I I was just scared. I was scared to see her because I knew I was still super in love with her. <laughs> I was uh, scared of what I was going to do. Was I going to screw this up? What if God did ask me to become a priest? Like, am I? Was I going to be holy enough? What does that even mean? And uh, so anyway, I was just remember being in the chapel one time praying. And I had my Bible and I came across this and it said, my son, when you come to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for trials. And I was like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, it hurts. (laughs) It hurts. So like it it just struck me to my core as just like it, it was so true. And I knew it was speaking to me right then, but it it like hurt in kind of a bittersweet way uh, because I knew the Lord was like consoling me and that he was, he was speaking directly to me, but also he was preparing me for something difficult. And it reminds me of, uh, there's the the parable of the the rich young man who comes to Jesus and wishes to justify himself. You know, the one I'm talking about where Mm -hmm. he says, what must I do to gain eternal life? And he's like, follow the commandments. And, And the guy says to Jesus, oh, I follow all the commandments. And then it says, Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, well, then give up all you have and follow me. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And he he's really bummed about that. That was yeah, the and he and <laughs> That's he not goes the away. He wanted. <laughs> yeah, and he goes away sad. And then um, Peter and the apostles are like, um, "So we've given up everything and followed you. What are we going to get?" And Jesus says, "Oh, there's no one who has given up lands or, or friends or families or anything who will not receive many times more in this present age." Uh, with persecutions. He like throws in with persecutions <laughs> in mm-hmm. there. He's like, oh yeah, you'll totally, God is never outdone in generosity. You'll totally get back everything like many times more with persecution. Uh, and that's like kind of <laughs> how I, I felt like this, like uh, God really is guiding me through this time, but it's going to be hard. And just so many times of trial through my life, I always come back to Sirac too. Just when, when things seem hopeless, relationships or, or, or sufferings in my life, or I just feel lost, I come back to this and it's like, oh yeah, God doesn't promise us easy. God yeah. actually promises us that to prepare ourselves for trials, that there's going to be suffering. There's going to be hard times. So yeah, I think it's interesting because I forgot to mention in my little opening, you mentioned that you have a lot of like in high school, you went to a lot of Bible studies with Protestant friends. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a book that's not in it's not in Protestant Bibles. It's one of our Deuterocanonical no. canonical mm-hmm. books. So yeah. I think that's interesting that that's really grabbed you when we were at at Catholic. Uh-huh. And it is a really beautiful. I don't know if you wanted to respond to that at all. I feel kind of bad that people miss out on Sirach because it's yeah. awesome. Like there's so many chapter 51 is the last chapter. And that's also like been a huge chapter for me. Just it, it's come up several times again and again in my life. So yeah, uh, just, I just, I love the book of Sirach and there's so much good stuff. And it's a lot like Proverbs, but I feel like it's, yeah. I don't know. I think it's better than Proverbs. But. Well, it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a perfect wisdom book. Like the wisdom books in yeah. the old Testament, it's a little bit of poetry. Like you said, proverbial, why sayings and you have all of that here it definitely like it when it reads it's like be sincere it's kind of giving you that that advice that wisdom that we attribute to solomon but i when i read it today when i was reading it you're kind of talking about the the suffering part and the persecution part for me mm-hmm. i don't know i i got a lot of hope from it maybe that's just where i where i needed to, to be today but mm-hmm. um you know like that if you trust in god he's not going to fail you you know so for you who fear the lord hope for good things has any this line verse 10 has anyone hoped in the lord and been disappointed yes. like just that that trust mm-hmm. i needed that trust today because i just have been questioning things and i think all of us in covid it's 
things, a lot of things are up in the air. We can't make plans. And I'm such a planner, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. so I'm like trying as trying to ask a lot of questions. And then for me, when I was reading this today, it's just like, just trust you've, you've like you were describing, there've been so many times in our lives where we questioned and had big choices and he was, he always had our back. So why would that be any different now? I don't know. I just need to mm -hmm. be reminded of that today. Yeah. Ver verse 10, the um, study, the generations long past and understand like that, that one always hits me. I'm glad you brought that up because that's another part of this chapter that just always hits me and you know thinking about the it makes me think of the israelites going through the desert who they've mm -hmm. just been freed from slavery and then every time something comes up they're like god why didn't you just let us die back in egypt at least we had food back in egypt you know and then they ran out of water it's like why can't you know they keep trying to go back to egypt because they keep trying to go back to slavery and this reminds me so much of uh, well it reminds me that i'm like that, <laughs> that yeah. why are I we am, like that why would we want to go back to the, to the desert and slavery in egypt like yeah, why? the first time something comes up i'm like god you don't love me you're not taking care of me it's like just have, right. have some patience look back to the scriptures look back to the stories of the saints look back to the people you know look back to your own life when god carried you through something similar to this three months ago right <laughs> like but i i've i have a short memory I, I i forget and my heart wants i have a weak heart that wants to despair and so this this passage reminds me you know look look back through my story and see the times that god has come through again and again and again and i I was I was talking with a friend um, who is his she's been married just about a year and a half and she's having some issues with her with her marriage and my, my wife and I had some issues early on in our marriage and it, I was saying how now we are we're so much stronger because of that right because mm -hmm. one we've developed we work through that and develop tools that now we use to have like way better mm -hmm. communication and relationship but two just knowing that just having the confidence that we've worked through stuff before and mm -hmm. so when we come to something that's hard to work through the first thought that comes to our mind isn't oh my gosh i married the wrong person or oh my gosh this person is unreasonable the first thought is like oh well this will be tough but we we can get through it because we've gotten through tough stuff before mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and so the same thing with with the lord is he's brought you through tough stuff before he can bring you through this also and even if you don't have those experiences in your own life you can look through the scriptures and the stories of the saints and so yeah yeah, absolutely. I needed to be, I needed to hear that. I think we're all feeling, you know, we're coming up on the year anniversary of quarantine. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, I've mentioned before, I'm such a planner and I haven't been able to really plan anything. And that's been fine. I think I've gotten used to it, but now I'm getting, you know, anxious again that, um, you know, how much longer are we going to be in this? I don't, mm -hmm. I was fine kind of like chilling and I found all these projects, started the podcast, but now I'm like, okay, but how much longer am I going to have to do this? Yeah, I don't know. We're, I just, we're done I, now. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, you mentioned before, um, like that image of slavery and wanting to go back. What do you think? And even, you know, our modern, we have so many different modern forms of slavery, like just not, I don't want it, slavery is a bad word, but like, you know, things that we feel bound to and we're okay with that. And we prefer yeah. that. Like, can you speak yeah. a little bit more about why you think that is in our nature? Oh, well, I, you know, I think, I think it's part of our fallen human nature is mm -hmm. that, and it goes, it goes you know, back to the garden, God promises mm -hmm. us that we are made in his image and likeness. And what does the snake do? The snake comes and says, oh, eat this fruit and you will be like God. But we're already like God. We're already made mm -hmm. in his image. And 
we we forget that we already have what we want. We forget that we already have what we need and we want to do it our way. And so I was a lot of times when I'm giving talks and stuff, I talk about um, St. Thomas Aquinas has like his, what he calls the four substitutes for God. And let's see if I can mm. remember those like pleasure, wealth, honor, and power, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and generally one of those four, if not more than one, uh, tempts you. So either you're always seeking the next high, either through you know, drugs or sex or alcohol, or even just like, you know, going on the next great trip or having the best college experience or having the best, whatever, mm-hmm. the best party, um, that would be like pleasure, like kind of like your emotions, like feeling good is kind of your idol power is control and just being able to control situations and control people and control the relationships. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of people place that as their idol for me, it's definitely honor, like other people's opinions and what other people mm-hmm. think of me, what mm-hmm. my wife thinks of me, what my parents think of me, what my, you know, what my students think of me or whatever, like that can totally become um, an idol for me and something that is enslaving to me. Um, and then the last one would be wealth and, you know, getting more and more and more materialism. And that's, that's super common. So I, I think all of those are, are super tempting for us. And every, everyone has those, you know, everyone has idols. I think there's a reason it's the first commandment that Jesus said, or God mm. says uh, to Moses, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. Like that's not because God is selfish. It's because he knows that our hearts will be restless unless we have him with anything mm-hmm. else we'll still will be miserable we'll become enslaved to these lesser gods I there's think a too. oh so go, yeah, ahead. Sorry, go ahead well i was just gonna quote an audrey assad a song she says you uh what's the song called it's called in the in the silence of the heart it's like you liberate me from the chains of a lesser law you liberate me from the chains of a lesser law it's like the commands of the lord and the love of the lord like anything less would enslave us but his sets us free um mm-hmm. And uh, that specifically verse 17 and 18 is where mm-hmm. that comes in for me. It says, those who fear the Lord prepare their hearts and humble themselves before him. So it, it talking about preparing your heart for, for God and letting him humble you. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord and not into the hands of men. And for me, as someone that often seeks honor in an undue way and looks for other people's opinions in an undue way, like mm-hmm. fall into the hands of the Lord, not to the hands of men. Like, ugh, I need to hear that so many times. Yeah. I love that image of falling into the hands, like the, the falling, right? Yes. And uh-huh. there is that kind of like um, dichotomy there in that image of the falling, which seems liberation. And then yet mm-hmm. the hands that still are like holding and, and catching, but in a loving way, you know, yeah. I think sometimes mm-hmm. we think of, and this is always kind of the age old, like Christian, I don't know, paradox, I guess that with the rules and the laws and, and following Christ and the commandments were free, you know, mm-hmm. and that, that yeah. seems strange to people that following laws would then free us and that we're free in that. And I, I feel like that we could go on a whole nother thing with that, but um, <laughs> back to like the, the idea of, for me, like, also, we we talked recently about Enneagram. And so when you're speaking, I'm like, yep. oh, that's such a two. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, such, such a two. <laughs> I'm such a one. And so my whole thing, this, you know, this all the whole day, I've just been thinking about planning and perfectionism. And like, I'm just for me, the falling is like the security. So like, if I'm thinking about going back to Egypt and the slavery and the things that hold me that seem comfortable, I like that security. The unknown freaks me out so much. And so like, I can imagine these Israelites being going through the promised land into this unknown. And they just want that security of what they knew before, even though it was terrible, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know, for me, that's, I can relate to that. So to go back to the passage, you know, that we are we're trusting in God, like you were speaking earlier, like we've been through things before. And even though the unknown might be scary, 
Um, mm-hmm. We can trust that we've been through, like you were describing with your wife, like you've been through these challenges before you mastered that or not mastered, but like you've been through that. So you can you can do this next thing with more confidence. And that's what I need right now. <laughs> that Amen. unknown. I need Amen. that confidence. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's it's cool to hear just somebody else's perspective on, on this mm-hmm. passage because there's certain things that mm-hmm. hit me and just different things, different things that hit you. Yeah, for me, it was very hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it is very hopeful for me. I wanted to ask you about something in this passage. I've been wrestling recently with this concept of the fear of the Lord. Um, okay. And I, I feel like I have kind of a kind of a way that I understand it, but I'm wondering how do you understand that when it says things like you who fear the mm-hmm. Lord, wait for his mercy. You who fear the Lord, trust him. You who fear the Lord, hope for good things, persevere in your fear of the Lord in verse 10. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, that, that word fear is like, that's kind of a confusing phrase. Sure. I feel like I'm going to give you the Catholic teacher response. I'm sure that you yeah, know the answer to this too, but, <laughs> but I mean, when we, I know that with the gifts of the Holy spirit, there's like the old school terms and then there's kind of the revised. So in mm-hmm. the revised edition of fear of the Lord, it's wonder and awe, you know? Yeah. So for me, mm-hmm. it's more like that. I I've always trusted in the Lord. I have a reverence for the Lord. I honor, and I respect the Lord. So when I teach it with my students, it's not a fear of like actually fearing God, but and like being afraid of him, but it's like a parent, like a parental kind of holy fear. You know, you don't want to disappoint. You don't want to disappoint um, because you have such a reverence and respect for, for God. So for me, it's that it's just like, so I don't see it as a bad thing. I'm like, I am someone who fears the Lord. Like that means to me that I honor God and I have a relationship with him, you know? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, when I think, I think, um, the way you explained it as understanding is part of like the, the parent child relationship is, mm-hmm. is very important. And I love that this chapter, and I think maybe the one, this is one of the reasons I love Sirach is it's so much my son, my son, my son, it's from a father to a son. And, uh, I don't know if you've ever read any of the imitation of Christ, but that's very much in the same way. And maybe, maybe it hits a woman differently than it hits a man. But as a young man reading the book of Sirach, it like, struck struck me to my core (laughs) so yeah and i think in the when we were talking about revised editions is it am i correct in that the usccb i have the same translation as you but is the usccb Mm -hmm. did they eliminate the word son or is that still in uh my child yeah when you come to serve the lord i thought Mm -hmm. so because when i read it earlier today i read the usccb so i didn't it didn't strike me but reading it just now with you i Mm -hmm. um the son does stand out to me because i am a woman but i Mm -hmm. i've learned that for me personally it does not bother me when mm-hmm. i see masculine language because i know that yeah. it's talking about like humankind but i know for some yeah. people that is problematic mm-hmm. and i get that too yeah. but for me yeah, personally yeah, reading yeah. it it doesn't i can still relate to it what else do you what else did you get from this passage mike the fire and gold is tested and worthy yeah. and the crucible let's, of humiliation let's, let's talk about let's talk about that fire i actually was just talking i help out with the rca at my parish and um, I was talking with a girl who's preparing to receive the sacraments, and she asked me about purgatory. And, mm. you know, I'm trying to explain to her that there is scriptural reference for it. And then I got mm-hmm. this passage from you today. And I'm like, nice. you know, for in fire, gold is tested in that, that refining fire, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's right here. I don't know. What do you make of that verse? Well, the a way that I've kind of more recently been thinking about purgatory and penance and purification is um, kind of through the idea of healing. So okay. if, if a sin is something that, you know, a free choice to that hurts you and your relationships with God, yourself and others, as our friend Friar Matt Foley always says, sin makes you mm-hmm. sad, stupid and selfish. I don't know if you ever heard him say that. But, um, I think I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so sin is like the offense, like what. So in the 
the solution to the offense is forgiveness is reconciliation, right? And you, you reconcile with the person God forgives you and you reconcile with, with God and with the other person, the relationship, and that's reconciliation. But that doesn't mean that all the damage is gone, right? Like Mm -hmm. if, if you punched me in the face, we could reconcile and be buddies again, but I might still have a black eye. Like Mm -hmm. purgatory is where you go to be healed. Uh, Because when you sin, you like give yourself a black eye. And so that's, that's kind of how I understand it is this this purification because healing can be difficult if you've ever had to do pt you've ever had to do occupational mm-hmm. therapy or any any sort of rehab like that's you know you've been forgiven it's it's mm-hmm. it's gone but your arm's still in a cast you know it still needs it's mm-hmm. been set right but it still needs healing time it still needs uh time to to grow to the strength that it needs to be to to do what it needs to do and so that that's kind of how i think of it yeah, I was talking to her, too, about um, reconciliation. So then another question, like, why do we have to confess to a priest? That's always a common one, too. Mm-hmm. And again, it's that what you were just speaking of. When we sin, it's not just between us and God. It also affects the community. It affects, you know, and they used to have to do public confessions. They would profess in front of everybody until, like, the, I think, fifth century. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I mean, because it affects the whole community. And so the priest is representing Christ, but also the church in the community in that, in that moment too. So I don't know when you were speaking that, that made me think of my response to her about that too, which it all kind of relates, but. My, my brother Dave said one time when I was talking about reconciliation, um, cause he, he taught at the school that I, that I taught at, he said, you know, my wife and I, we can upset each other and I know she forgives me and she knows mm-hmm. I forgive her, but mm-hmm. there's something in the speaking of it. Sure. There's something Absolutely. in saying, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You're forgiven. I still love mm-hmm. you. There's there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. And that's like, what do the sacraments do? Like, you, you know, the Catholic school uh, textbook uh, mm-hmm. definition of a sacrament. It's a, a physical sign of spiritual grace, a tangible sign of right. an intangible grace. Right. Um, outward but, sign, inward grace. Yeah, yeah. An outward <laughs> sign of an inward grace, however you want to say All the same it. thing. Yeah. But that's that's what reconciliation is. Like, we know that God forgives us, but through the sacrament, you don't have to just take it on faith, right? You can, you can say it out loud with your own words. You can hear, I forgive you in the name of the God and the church with your own ears. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can, you can talk to somebody, have a conversation about it. Like it's, it's, it makes it real. It makes it present. Um, and we need that because we're both physical and spiritual creatures. We don't have to just with the sacraments, we don't have to take it on faith because we can actually experience it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that line uh, we're talking about verse five, like the foreign fire gold is tested. So Mm -hmm. certainly purgatory and reconciliation and that refining. But then also what we were speaking about earlier, just like the trials that we've had to go through or the sufferings we've had to go through, like that's like our fire in which we're being tested and stronger so that we can persevere for whatever the next thing is. And I feel like that's just such a good line again that I, I think I needed to hear today. It's I don't know. I, for yeah. me, you were speaking, you're thinking, saying that like this really impacted you in college and like post-college Hebrews has always been a big book for me. Um, mm. And it's in certain passages, very similar, this idea of like perseverance and discipline. Um, you know, we don't, there's debate about who wrote the book of Hebrews, but I think yeah. it's very Pauline mm-hmm. personally. It sounds like Paul, uh-huh. like the, you know, his persecutions, yeah, his perseverance. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's interesting how we both kind of we're drawn to these passages of discipline and purification <laughs> yeah. and stuff uh-huh. early yeah. on. <laughs> so what else would you like to say about this passage before we wrap up? Any kind of last insights or little nuggets for our listeners about this passage from Sirach? 
I guess just I, I kind of I'd like to reiterate what you said. It's you know on, at first glance it can kind of hit you as like kind of intense, you know, and it's talking about mm-hmm. being <laughs> purified in the crucible of humiliation. <laughs> but it really is a it really is a passage of hope, and I think the the Old Testament is like that a lot, where it can seem kind of intense to us, but really the message is about hope. Like when it when you hear the Old Testament talk about God, he is slow to anger and abundant in kindness. And, you know, you, you come across passages like in, in Deuteronomy where it says like, you know, if you, you know, if you disobey my commandments, uh, you know, there, there'll be punishment for you and your children and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation. And we hear that we're like, ah, oh, that sounds terrible. But then right after that, it says, but if you follow my commandments, my mercy will be with you down and bless you and your descendants and your children's children down to the thousandth generation. Mm -hmm. So like there is this kind of fear of the Lord. God's scary. As C.S. Lewis says, he's he's not a safe lion. He's not a tame lion, but he is good. And, you know, there are real consequences for our actions. Like God did make us free. And that's, that's scary that we can really hurt ourselves and really hurt other people. And that can affect us and it can affect our children and our children's children. I know I'm dealing with, with stuff from my grandparents, you know, that does get passed down through the generations, but how good is our God? that his mercy is exponentially larger than the harm of any sin, right? That, mm. But mm. that down to the thousandth generation, his blessings will still be poured out on us and our children and our children's children for a thousand generations. That's amazing. Yeah, that's so well said. I definitely, for me, I'm going to take away, I think, verse three, the cling to him, forsake him not, thus you'll, mm. your future will be great. You know, and that's yes. what you were just describing. And then verse 10 and 11, like, uh, study the generations long past and understand, has anyone hoped in the Lord and been disappointed? That's just, mm-hmm. has anyone, anyone persevered in his fear and been forsaken? Has anyone called upon him and be, been rebuffed? We have such a, and I think that's echoed in the New Testament too, that idea of, um, you know, even the sparrows are taken care of, even the grass is given beauty and, and riches, you know, like that. Um, so how much more are we who are in yeah. the image of God, you know, loved mm-hmm. and forgiven and trusted. So thank you so much it's for bringing this. Worth many tonight. sparrows. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was great. I think we all need a little message of hope in our time of struggle and suffering right now, as we come up on this Amen. year anniversary, as we wrap up, I always end with giving my guests a chance to plug and you've got lots of projects going on. So what would you like to <laughs> promote or where should we check you out? Where, how should we find you? So you can find everything at MikeTennyMusic.com and uh, follow me. On, I'm mostly active on Instagram. Uh, PK Mikey T is my handle, but you can find that through, through my website. And my YouTube show slash podcast is called Pop Culture Catechism through an uh, organization called Awaken Catholic. And we talk just talk about things from pop culture through the lens of faith where we have an episode coming up with Christopher West talking about U2, which I'm excited about. Uh, Julia, you're going to be on my show. We're going to talk about Britney Spears. I'm Isn't so amazing? excited. <laughs> Britney's in the news again. So I'm I'm super excited about that. When I was, uh, people started talking about Britney again, I was like, ooh, I need to do an episode on this. Who should I? Who should yeah. I? Oh, Julie is the perfect person to have. So that'll be Duh, good. So. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we do, we do a lot of music because I'm, and I, you know, I play the guitar on the show and that sort of thing. But uh, we did Hamilton. We do theater. We've done video games. We do movies and Star Wars. Didn't you do Star Wars? We did Star Wars. Yeah. So just Which is something I, I care about now. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've thoroughly enjoyed your, your trip through Star Wars. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a good time. You can find that uh, at Awaken Catholic. But uh, MikeTennyMusic.com is the main place. Thank you so much. And for those of you that are uh, would like to talk to me about scripture, you can find me on Instagram at 7 Mile Chats. Also on Twitter at Mistruckly1, M-S-S-T-R-U-K-E-L-Y-1. If you want to talk scripture with me or education, Catholic school stuff, um, you definitely 
DM me and find me there. Mike, it's been so fun to talk to you and kind of go down memory lane and talk about this awesome passage with you. So thank you so much for doing this. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's been so fun. Bye, everyone. Thank you.